A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the MC Universe. We're the Lorehounds, your guides to the multiverse and beyond. I'm David. And I'm Jean. And remember, that's Jean, not John. In this episode of the MC Universe, we will be talking about some of the newer characters that are being introduced for Phase 5 shows and movies. Then we'll talk about some of the larger forces that work in the MCU. And finally, we will dive into Quantum Mania and Kang the Conqueror. A quick breakdown of what was in the latest Ant-Man movie. A few reminders before we get into our episode. The MC Universe podcast is an occasional podcast, meaning that our plan is to drop an episode in between MCU release dates for shows and movies. The goal of this podcast is to help you with the meta context for what you're going to be seeing on screen. We had hoped to have this particular episode out before the Ant-Man movie dropped, but we had some technical issues with the recording, And then we just had some normal life stuff getting in the way of our schedules to get synced back up. But hey, here we are. If you have questions, comments, fan theories, or industry news that you want to share, drop us a note. Send us feedback to mcu at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website at thelorehounds.com and use the contact form or record a voicemail via our nifty web interface. We'll save up all the feedback and then answer those questions in the next podcast. We love making podcasts for our listeners, and sometimes our listeners want to support us in return. While you can always get our ad-supported podcasts on our main feed, we also have a Patreon for those who want to join our ever-growing Lorehounds community. For just as little as $3 a month, you can subscribe today and get ad-free versions of all of our podcasts early access to new podcasts, and the occasional post-credit bloopers, and much more. We've got some more things in the works, so stay tuned. Also, if you want to take a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Ratings and reviews help other people find the podcast, which will help us make more podcasts. We've got some programming notes about projects we're working on at the end of the episode. Other than that, I think our intro stuff is all done. Jean, let's get into it. We've got a lot to talk about today. Sure. So the first thing I want to say is that we want to hit Quantumania, um, the movie. Okay. Because 
Phase 5 is here, it's on and it's popping, and we are about to go on a really, really strange and wonderful ride. <laughs> All right, that sounds good. <laughs> I, you know, Kang the Conqueror, he's a great character, great villain. Um, I definitely want to talk about him a little bit, but in the context of what Jonathan Majors is doing with the character, he's just knocking it out the ballpark. Nice. Um, after that, we can talk about what Phase 5 will lead us into, some of the characters that we hope to see, some of the characters that we know are in Phase 5, and also what the forces at work could be um, in the future for the MCU. Great. So sort of the, the meta context forces, the bigger themes and, and meanings behind all of this stuff. Because, I don't know, you've been, you've been doing me some education on, on this. It's not just base superhero kapow type stuff, but there's actually some really deeper, more metaphysical things that are at play. And, I think uh, so. Yeah, and I think it's helpful to um, lift that up a little bit to see it because we get so lost in the CGI and the actors and actresses and, and just all the, the spectacle of it. But there's some other really interesting stuff at play, so I'm definitely interested in, in talking about that. Okay, so Ant-Man, Media, Kang... You have seen the movie. I have, I have not yet seen the movie. I'm waiting to. I'll probably pick it up on streaming, uh, just to be you know realistic about you know life and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to do a, a complete breakdown. We may do movie breakdowns again in in the future. We kind of have talked about that, but at least for this movie, what is your overall take on the movie as a whole? Just like thumbs up, thumbs down. Where are you at with it? A halfway thumbs up. Okay. A halfway thumbs down. I don't, I don't, it's not a, gra- a glass empty, and it's not a glass full. It's definitely okay. somewhere in between. Okay. Um, the movie itself, I enjoyed it um, for reasons that are really nerdy. Uh-huh. I just like seeing comic book characters on screen. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, that was great. Some of the dialogue, some of the, the plot devices in these things, I didn't particularly care for. Okay. But again, this movie was doing heavy lifting. It's setting up everything that's to come in the MCU universe. So it really had a lot to do. And I think if you look at it from that perspective, then the movie was pretty much a success. We're not going to do the spoily thing. We're not going to talk about the movie, the ins and outs, but we are going to talk about Kang. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, So I heard, uh, just just quickly on the movie as a whole, I've heard really wild takes from other people. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people really, it really kind of annoyed them. I think the one consistent thing that I heard though was as much as we like the interconnected universe of the MCU, it, I think people get a little exhausted when they constantly are having things kind of pushed at them, which are about future things. It's like, it's like okay, introduce like one or two characters, but when you have whole subplots and multiple characters being uh, introduced, I, I'm thinking of the last Black Panther movie, right, where we had a lot of introductions. Um, I think that that's the one of the things that fatigues people. Does that comport with what you feel or what you've heard or read? I, I've heard some of those things as well. I don't necessarily agree with that, you know, assessment. Yeah, train train of thought. Sure. Um, okay. I, I didn't I didn't think that was the big problem with the movie. Right. Personally. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah. It, it wasn't that it was given too much. I think what it gave, there needed to be more character exposition on Kang. 
Interesting. He carried the movie. Cool. The the character carried the movie, and the performance by Jonathan Majors carried the movie. I will also want to shout out um, Michelle Pfeiffer because she was also great in in the movie as well. Okay. But I think Majors just carried the movie, and and I think that's what I came away with saying, "Wow, they really have something special." in this guy who's mm-hmm. going to play this really big um, role in the future of the MCU. So my knowledge of Jonathan Majors really comes from uh, Lovecraft Country, which I oh, think yeah. you and I both enjoyed. We were texting back and forth during it, and, and uh, yeah, that was a really amazing performance and an amazing production, uh, both, both um, from an entertainment value, but also on a sociological, cultural level. Like the, the things that I, at least I was learning and, and became aware of and, and the whole thing of, of horror and uh, uh, African-Americans in our country, you know, that is, the, there is a history of horror there. And I thought it really did a, uh, an amazing job to open up some of that dialogue. But anyway, Jonathan Majors himself, yeah, that was like a wow performance. Absolutely. And then I think the next thing, and I hadn't seen, I didn't know about him prior to that. And the next thing I know, he's, you know, in... Uh, Loki, and it's like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? This is cool, and yeah, and and it, for his, for everyone who has said that the Ant Man movie wasn't enjoyable or successful for them, nobody has said anything other than positive praise for Jonathan Majors. Exactly, so exactly. That's really cool to hear. I'm I'm really glad for his career because I think yeah, he's got he's got something for us. He's not yes, done he yet. Does. He's not done. He's not done. And again, it's really exciting that they have this guy who is so charismatic and who is so in tune with this character on a different way than um, a CGI Thanos was. So this is going to be really uh, something really that I'm looking forward to. And I think everybody else will look forward to it as well, just to see how he comes back, what he does on screen with the character, just the way the portrayal, his, his, his everything about how he moves, about how he speaks, about just the gravitas that he gives to a, a villain in a quote unquote comic book movie right. is really is really something that's really going to, I think, amaze people if you haven't seen the movie yet. And I think if you have seen the movie, you're just waiting for his next appearance, whether it's on the big screen or whether it's on the small screen. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so let's talk about Kang in specific. Um, yes. This, as you say, this is a very different villain, Big Bad, our, our chief antagonist uh, f- from Thanos. And it's interesting, you know, Thanos, like you said, is a, was a CGI character, uh, really well voiced by Josh Brolin. But um, relating to a CGI character and a CGI character's motivations... Uh, I think we might psychologically respond differently, where here we have Jonathan Majors, who's a human-scaled, you know, person, right? You know, he's, he's operating in human scale, and it's live action. Um, so that's, I think that's an interesting note, because it might change the way that we perceive uh, Kang and Kang's motivations. But talk to us about who Kang is, what can you tell us about Kang that is going to set us up for Loki and future um, Phase 5 movies? So he's a time traveler. Um, he's extremely one of the most intelligent characters that's ever been written in Marvel Comics. Okay. Um, and he's 
dare I say, uh, a psychopath who is who is hell bent on total control of not just uh, his his world, but total control of the entire universe at every point in time. (laughs) He wants to be the ruler of it all from the Big Bang to the end. He wants to oversee everything. Okay. Um, so that's the character that you're dealing with. Someone whose motivation is to control everything from the beginning of time to the end of time. How do you deal with someone who thinks along those lines uh, and who could actually do it? Is he supernatural at all or is he just super intelligent and he's a, he's, he's a flesh and blood human being? He's a flesh and blood human being. Okay. Born in the 30th century. Uh-huh. Um, super intelligent. Okay. And that's it. Got it. And then he is, through his explorations and his uh, uh, Tony Stark-esque ways, I guess you could say, like, you know, like um, uh, building uh, his empire, he's made himself very powerful in terms yes. of like, it's very hard to, uh, to hurt him or, or, or do him harm in, in some exactly, way. Exactly, exactly, exactly. The Iron Man suits don't compare to anything that Kang has that's basically what it boils down to there's nothing that's ever been seen in the mcu Mm -hmm. that kang cannot overcome interesting that's (laughs) pretty that's a big threat pretty big yeah pretty big now he is um segmented across time uh, you know in different time zones and so there's different kangs and different levels of um psychopathy i guess you could say uh, yes yes like there's more benevolent Kangs and more evil Kangs. There are no benevolent Kangs. Okay. <laughs> there are Kangs who try to do good, but at the end, there are no benevolent Kangs. Okay. So what we have in, in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie is the Kang. Um, in the post credit scenes, you are introduced to others. Mm-hmm. There are variants, but there's only one Kang. Kang the Conqueror is the one. Okay. Right? There are other iterations of Kang the Conqueror, but it's the same person mm-hmm. at different points of his life. Interesting. Do you think that the Loki television show is going to illuminate some of that more yes. so that we can understand how Kang is working in the multiverse? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Definitely. Definitely. So you have variants of Kang. Mm-hmm. And then you have Kang, what, what should we call him? We would call him Kang Prime. Kang Prime, yeah. Yeah, that works. Kang, the conqueror who we see in the movie, is Kang Prime. Okay. So there are other iterations of Kang Prime that you are introduced to. Mm-hmm. And there are a whole thousands of millions of variant Kangs that mm. you are introduced to. So I'm really interested, I, I think that, that raises a question for me with the Loki television show, where we had the Time, um, uh, the time Authority, remind me, I'm sorry, the acronym I'm blanking, yes. I had it in my head TVA. in one way, the TVA, yeah, I thought that, yeah, which is, a, it's such a great, I like the TVA, because it reminds me of, yeah, it reminds me of the, the whole public works administration, you know, that sort of post-Depression era, you know, thing. It's like this huge, sprawling bureaucracy, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool concept. But anyway, um, 
if is the TVA aware of Kang? And I think at the end of Loki, if I remember right, there's a, a statue of Kang in the TVA, in one variant of the TVA's offices. So, um, you know, how is the TVA managing or relating relative? To, that's a, this is an open question. How how is the TVA and Kang are interrelating to each other? And, and maybe that's something that we're going to see play out uh, even more. I think we will see it play out a little bit. And you have to remember, um, he who remains, that version of Kang said there was a multiversal Kang war, right? So Kang is at war with himself. Yeah. He's at war with himself. Um, Kang Prime is at war with Kang Prime. (laughs) Because he's he's at war with, with the person that he will become and the person that he was. Interesting. Right. All right. So this is some real mind-bending stuff. Yes, yes. That's that's why I say it's the movie did a lot of heavy lifting. Okay. And it was really great to see uh that character portrayed in that way because it could get very you could get boiled down in the minutiae, right? You mm-hmm. can get boiled and you could become really distracted trying to, you know weave all these threads together and and try to make sense of it all. But I think the one thing that we have to remember um, is that the Kang you saw is the Kang who is the problem. The other Kangs that you see are him. They're the same person. It's at different points of his life. Crazy. All right. I remember seeing the first Doctor Strange movie and um, it was a real mind bender. And it's like, now that movie just pales in comparison to what they're doing. It was a very prime, uh, it was priming us for, uh, maybe they knew it, maybe, I, maybe they didn't, but uh, it feels like we have to make ourselves bigger to be able to watch these movies and catch all of the concepts yes. that they're, they're pushing at us. They've, they're educating us and bringing us along on this sort of larger story plan. Absolutely. And one thing that um, Kevin Feige said recently, and uh, I, I, I think I'm quoting him correctly, is that he said that you can think of phase five and phase six as the multiversal saga. Okay. Right? So that's what this is going to be. It's going to be a journey throughout multiple times and multiple universes, because that's the story that they're telling. It's not a linear a linear um, story. Wow. It's not point A to point B. It's point A to point A, A squared. Right. And then you get to <laughs> B minus, right? So you're going to be, if, you, if you've watched the, the Loki season one and you saw the timeline and all these branches, and even in Endgame, when, Dr., when the Sorcerer Supreme knocks Hulk outside of his body, and says, no, the timeline branches off. Mm-hmm. This, is, this, is what, this is what we're going to, to be experiencing. More so than just jumping to different universes, which is what Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness showed us. Uh-huh. Different universes, but at a set point of time. This next phase is about different universes, but also at different set points of time. Right? So you have to wrap your head around this is not going to be a straightforward, you know, oh, I, I know what's happening next. No, you don't. We don't know. This makes me think that mm, 
the Marvel Studios have an incredibly difficult task ahead of them because we've been trained as viewing audiences to think and respond to really deeply ingrained patterns of storytelling, of Western storytelling, of North American-centric storytelling that is um, oftentimes very different than uh, uh, other places and other times. But also, now they're going to be breaking this up. Like you said, it's not only same place, different timelines, but it's different places, different timelines, and within that, different timelines, right? So it's like yes, it, it, yes. it folds in on itself. And that is going to be, I think, a big challenge for Marvel Studios to be able to educate uh, our, uh, the audience for who and where we are now and to be open to a different style of storytelling that's not linear. Uh, uh, Endgame was a very, the Avengers Endgame was a very linear storyline. We build up to this rising action, we have mm-hmm. the big climax, we have the denouement, and then we wrap it all up and we mourn our dead and we move on, right? Like that is a very basic storyline that we're all very uh, familiar with. Through television, through through written things, you know, through just just our our culture of of North American storytelling, this sounds like a whole different ballgame completely. I think it, it it kind of is right, and this is this is comic book storytelling. Yes. Okay. All right. I, and I'm not a comic book reader, right? So I'm not I'm not versed in the same way that you are. So when you read comic books, this is what happens. <laughs> mm. You you have you have time traveling Avengers stories. You have mm-hmm. time traveling X Men stories. You have you know the it, it it this is quintessential comic book storytelling. It's interesting because it, with the medium of comic books, right? You're trying to sell the next comic book. You gotta whatever your schedule is. You gotta get that piece of paper on that little wire spinning rack at the at the corner store, you know, uh, I remember walking, you know, going into the drugstores and having that perfume candy smell and like the, the comic book racks are there and you're like, is the new issue out? Um, so they had a pipeline to keep filled. And so nece- it necessitated a different kind of storytelling. And this is right. my, this is, I'm theorizing, I'm hypothesizing here about that. And I think also what is part of comic book storytelling is that plotting of story way before the story mm-hmm. is told. Right, right. Right? You so got to know, because production, distribution. You have to know. Yeah. You have to know where you're starting, you have to know where you're going, and you got to have to know where you're going to end up. Mm. Right? I, as a reader, don't know any of that stuff. I'm just picking up this first issue, and I have no idea where the next issue is going to take me. I have no idea how it's going to end. I don't know. This is the storytelling that the MCU is doing. Interesting. We don't know. And I think we are so accustomed to knowing that it's throwing people for a loop. Like, oh, man, what are they going to do? That's the beauty for me, I think. And for a lot of other folks, that's the beauty of what they're trying to do. They're really trying not to let you have it all. Right? You have to wait. Interesting. We're not, we're not in a wait society anymore. <laughs> no, no, we're not. That is for sure. Right? We, we want it all right now. We want to know where the story's heading. Where are they taking it? How is it going to go? What are they going to do? 
Yeah, I was just gonna say every you know ever since we got those first glimpses of or glimpses of of um, Thanos, right? Uh, or you know we didn't even see Thanos. I think we just heard his voice, or you know we saw uh, you know they they teased it in a couple of movies that there's this big bad out there. We all instantly knew that here is our chief protagonist, and that we're we're going for it. you know comic book reader or not, they laid it out very simply. Um, that here is a big antagonist, and and this is going to be the big conflict. So we knew that we knew what we were getting into there. Now we don't have a single point of reference other than Kang, and Kang can be in more places than one. Yes, and they're going to show us more places than one in different variants of Kang. Yes, and that is disorienting for somebody viewer. like me, yeah, who is not used to this comic book style storytelling to see it on screen. Yes. Be it TV or or cinema. And I think that's a great way to put it. Okay. The next Kang that we are introduced to may not be the Kang that you've just seen. Interesting. And Jonathan Majors has got to play that. That is so he cool. He has to play it. <laughs> that exactly. is so cool. Exactly. And he has to play different type. Mhm. Because each of those prime kings, they are not the same. They are not the same in, in the way they think. They're not the same in the way they behave. They're not the same in the way that they want to affect the world, right? Yeah. They all want control, but how they go about getting control is really different. So he's going to have to adapt and change from what we've already seen. And he's done it twice already because you've seen him in Loki. Right. And it's completely different from what you get. Wow! And Ant Man and the Wasp. How cool as you know to be an actor in your prime, and to be a little bit of the soup du jour, right? Like he's a, he's you know coming out of Lovecraft Lovecraft Country, you know, who's sort of a, a hot commodity. Um, to be in your prime as an actor, and then to have this role. That's going to carry you down the, the, the way a number of years, but it's not a flat character. It's not a simple one-dimensional character or even a character that has some depth and has to go through some things. These are just different characters, all yes. of the same, yes. you know, prime variation. And then you have to play off of them constantly throughout the, the TV or movie uh, show that you're getting. So, like, as an actor, Wow fun yes. right like that's just got to be a great amazing challenge and and it's and again he knocked it out the the park okay he just knocked it out the park so these are the things that i'm excited for that's why i was excited for the movie um i think we spoke earlier um in our previous episode when you asked me what i was looking forward to and, and i yelled out kang that's what i was looking forward <laughs> to right? right and and it did not disappoint in that way that's great it did not disappoint in that way all right anything else on kang um no, um, I think we should just hold on to our hats and, and, and strap in our seatbelts and let's see where the ride takes us. Sounds good. Let's see where the ride takes us. All right, so let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we can start to talk about some of the important characters that um, we've been introduced to and that we can start to expect. And then we'll get into the meta conversation about the different, wor uh, the different forces at work in the MCU. Sounds good.
All right, and we are back. Jean, we wanted to get into some of the upcoming characters that we have already been introduced to, and I think we might have a few that were, I think most of them we, we've been introduced to. So you have a huge list here, um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of them. There might be a few that we don't talk about. Um, but there is a lot of setup happening right here now that we've closed phase four officially with Wakanda forever and opened phase five officially with Ant-Man and, and Quantumania. Um, so let's start working through the list of some of the characters that we've already been introduced and then just give us a, a little bit of information about each of them so that we've got some context. So when they show up next, whenever that next is. Um, we're not completely lost as to you know what this character represents or or why are they introducing them in the storylines. All right, sounds good. Um, again, it's a pretty big list, <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's see what happens. <laughs> let's good. see what happens. All right, the first the first person I wanted to 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 highlight was America Chavez, who we met in um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The reason why she's going to be important is because her power set. Her power set is that she can punch holes to other universes. That's um, crazy. If, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She can't just so, knock you across the street. She's gonna knock you to another universe. Basically, so yeah. um, she's you know she has a lot of the attributes of a superhero. She's really strong. She's really durable. Um, at times, you know, she's been portrayed that she can fly. I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll get all of that in the MCU, but I do know that we've already seen her punch holes to different universes. So, if Kevin Feige is saying this is the multiversal saga, then having somebody who can actually do that, uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty. I think that's going to be pretty important. So. The next person we want to talk about is Kamala Khan. She's really big in the comic books right now. Um, and she is a hero that has a lot, a lot, a lot of sway and a lot of storytelling with the younger um, set of heroes. Uh, she's at the forefront of that push to have younger heroes in the comic books. And uh, I think that's going to be her role in the MCU. Her power set is that she can... In the books, she can become bigger. She can, you know, grow her size or different limbs and things of that nature. In the MCU, she's been said that it's been said that she's a mutant. Oh, right. Which, right. Which, of course, is super important for us. Uh, since we haven't really got a proper, gotten a proper X-Men uh, mutant saga in the MCU yet. Did not since um, Agents of Shield because Agents of Shield dealt with um, mutants. Not mutants, Inhumans. Inhumans, all right. Inhumans. And is is does Agents of Shield still count the that that earlier television series? Does that still count as canon, or did they yes, give it, it the Legends treatment? No, oh, no, really, it's still it's still canon. Dude, it's so much canon. crazy stuff is happening on the Earth. It's nuts. <laughs> I can't like. If I were an average human being alive on that earth, uh, you know, with mutants and inhumans what would you and do? Eternals, I, I don't know, man. I would have a hard time. I'd probably just curl up in my basement into a little ball in a, in a oh, little position. Oh, man. I, I, I'd be a photographer. <laughs> I, I, I'd be outside taking pictures. As much as you can. Right on. So, so we saw Kamala. Be, where did we see her character first introduced? We saw her in Miss Marvel, right. which is a TV show. 
um, on Disney Plus. Uh, again, she's going to be really important because she's really important in the comic books. Um, you know, for various reasons, she's you know young. She's a teenager. She's from Jersey mm-hmm. City. She's Pakistani. She's a practicing Muslim, um, and it's really uh, representation matters, right? Right. <laughs> and if and if we say that and we mean that, then we need to see these sorts of characters on screen being pretty badass. And I think that's going to be the role that she plays. She's going. We're going to see her again in the right. upcoming sequel to Captain Marvel called The Marvels okay. with Captain Marvel okay. and also with Monica Rambeau, um, who we saw in the Scarlet Witch series. Okay. Before we, uh, yeah, before we talk about some of that, that other stuff, I just wanted to, to touch something really quick about the representation yes. question, which is, you know, there may, we know that there is a, a toxic, toxicity in the marketplace. I don't like to call them fans because... Fans are people who appreciate the works and and aren't sort of um, uh, uh, um, degrading the the conversation because of uh, reactions and you know negative reactions to the fact that hey we have a woman superhero we have a Pakistani superhero we have a Muslim superhero right like that's we saw a lot of it in in Rings of Power and the Tolkien stuff and yes. Star Wars and all that so just sort of. Saying that, oh yeah, that those that's all over there. We're not talking about that in this podcast specifically, just to acknowledge it. But other people might say, oh, why are we suddenly getting a whole bunch of different types of characters? Well, one of the reasons which you told me about is they've been doing this in the comics for I don't know a decade already of having different kinds of superheroes. Absolutely. So we're not doing anything on screen that hasn't already been done on the paper. And we're just synchronizing now because of various market forces and technologies and bring, finally getting to the point where we can tell these stories appropriately on screen, you know, using CGI and doing all this kind of stuff. We're just now getting to that point. So that we have these uh, characters from this diverse backgrounds, that's nothing new in the Marvel Universe, as, you, as you've explained it to me. Right. And just to be clear, we also have the same problem in the comic books okay. um, with the racist, the sexist, the misogynist right. okay. um, who come out anytime there's something that is not white, mm-hmm. is not male, and is not, you know, speaking, who doesn't speak English. Right. Right. So we have those same issues with comic books. And those same people migrate over to the screen. Right. Their, they follow the process. Yeah. Exactly. We don't care about those people. Right. Right. We don't, you don't, my thing is, you don't have to watch or read. (laughs) That's it, simply. Right. You don't have to watch, you don't have to read. Right. Any of these characters. Nobody cares if you do. Right. Because I certainly don't. Right. And my kid will not. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And, And that's what I really want to say about those sorts of folks. Okay. You don't have to listen. You don't have to watch. You don't have to read. Go away. Right. And don't bring these conversations to me because I'm not here to have those conversations. Right. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to talk to you about any of that stuff. Right. Any of the ways that you feel um, that this is going against comic book history. Well, you know what? Kick rocks. (laughs) Right. There's no need to justify. 
the yeah. fact that we're telling stories uh, in this broad way and that we're um, taking a multi um, a multitude of viewpoints and a multitude of backgrounds yes. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. There's no need to justify it. it. Right. There's no need to, you know, say that it's valid. Right. None. None of that stuff. Right. None. And there are plenty of places that people can to go and um, find, you know, like-minded folks, but you won't find them here. Right. So, yeah. All right. Anything else we need to know about um, Kamala before we move on to Riri? Yeah, so she, again, she's going to be, I think, a very important character going forward. We're going to see her in the Marvel sequel, in Miss Marvel sequel, the movie called The Marvels, this summer with Captain Marvel, with Monica Rambeau, who's going to play, possibly um, the name of the superhero is going to be Photon, hopefully, um, who's another badass character. Um, she has a host of, of, of you know, energy-based light um power set um, okay. she's yeah she's pretty pretty awesome at one point she led the avengers back in way back in the 80s okay. <laughs> oh my gosh wow yeah so you just time warped yourself <laughs> yeah definitely so she's gonna be um a really a really cool character to to follow as well um we introduced to riri williams yeah switching over to riri yeah and bp2 um who is uh Really cool character. She was the young college student in Black Panther 2. She's a scientist, mm -hmm. right? She's super smart. Um, she's an inventor. And she's playing, I think she's going to be possibly set up to be the Tony Stark of this next generation. Okay. She already has the armor. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's roll with that. So and we also know her as Ironheart. And she's going to have a TV show, um, hopefully. This year, fingers crossed. Well, let's let's segue slightly. I don't want to go too far down on the industry news start point, but we did see some news recently coming out. We we definitely have some changes at Disney with Bob uh, with the Bobs uh, replace being replaced and Bob Iger coming back and saying like we we're gonna slow th it, the the read that I took was we're gonna put the brakes on slightly, slow things down. So that we can actually get things, we're not rushing things out the door. Uh, we're moving forward, but we're not going to just try to flood the channel with with stuff. So it felt like they're saying we're we're going to ease up on production slightly. And I think then Ke you had sent me a link to an article, uh, some with Kevin Feige had said some stuff. Do you um, what it, what was your takeaway from that interview with him? I got the same um, feeling that you got. That they they want to slow it down. Um, don't introduce so many new, too many new characters within the calendar year, which is what they've done in Phase Four. Mm -hmm. um, you, we were hit with a lot. Yes, um, we were. A lot of TV shows, a lot of movies, a lot of um, things to think about. Um, so I really feel that's what they're going to do um, is slow it down so people can really digest what they're seeing. Right and get used to the new characters that they're bringing along. I was going to say, I don't think from a, from a production standpoint, John mentioned this on one of our other podcasts. I, I can't remember if it was the Mando podcast or, or what, but um, that there's, there's only so many CGI studios and CGI teams in the world. And so much of filmmaking now and television making requires, if you're in the pulp world, you know, fantasy, sci-fi, anything like that, You've got to rely on the same small pool of CGI artists 
and production houses. And I think there might be a bottleneck there too, where you know we don't see great CGI in some stuff. I mean, I think maybe I'm theorizing that Book of Boba Fett might have uh, suffered from a little bit of that because um, they're trying to push so much stuff so quickly. There's only so many people that work on these things. So that's a huge bottleneck, as well as just getting right, getting the right writers on a project and developing the story so that the story is the story and not, uh, not something that's just hitting arbitrary marketing deadlines that have been set up by the bigger studio, you know, by the- Yeah, that, that's uh, a great point. Shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And it, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Marvel has been really careful mm-hmm. with cultivating their look. Yeah. Right. right. So when you see something that's done, you're you're like blown away by it. Mm-hmm. So it makes really that makes a lot of sense to just make sure that everything is up to the standard that they've already set. Right. And develop the stories. Give the writers the time to write the stories that really compel us. Because it's great to have the CGI, but I will I'll, I'll take story over CGI any day of the week. Right. And that goes back to the point that I made earlier about comic books having that plot mm-hmm. from way back. Mm-hmm. Right, everything needs to be known where we're going to take things. Right, right before you even read the first issue, right. they've plotted out the entire story, or you've read the first issue. Right, and I think that's what we're we're seeing here. It's a, it, they've given us this first story. We don't know where it's going, and it's going to be a slow burn. And I'm okay with that. All right, so let's get back on track and uh, let's talk about Shang Chi. Shang Chi. One thing I will say too with Kamala Khan and Shang Chi. Um, Shang-Chi, first of all, he's a master of Kung Fu, probably, not probably, in the Marvel Universe, he's known to be the best one-on-one fighter that exists. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Without powers. So he's just, you know, a regular human being who can kick your ass. Right. Right. Okay. Rings or no rings? Rings or no rings. And sometimes you might be even super powered and he'll find a way to defeat you. <laughs> so that's who we're dealing with, right? Now he has the 10 rings, which is a whole, which is very different from the Marvel comic books. Um, so shang is another important character. He's been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not new to the to Marvel comics. He's not a new character that was just introduced. Where he goes from here is going to be very interesting because where he was at the end of the movie, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. We see him go off with Wong for some sort of um, mission. So is he being geared? Is he being prepped to become someone of import in the next phase? Interesting. Right. One thing to keep in mind, I've heard a lot of people say, um, and I'm not sure where I fall on, on this yet is that the rings from Shang-Chi and also the bangles in, in Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, that unlocked her powers are related to the same power set that Kang has. Ooh, interesting. If, if he, it's the way that Kang's machines mm, operate. Okay. They give off the same sort of glow uh-huh. and this circular motion about them. Um, has people saying, hey, the rings and the bangles are related to Kang. Cool. And at the end of, at the end of Shang-Chi, um, Legend of the Ten Rings, it's said that 
those rings that he's wearing are giving off a signal. Oh, right, right. Like, a, uh, hey, I'm over here. It's like the one ring, uh, you know, uh, Sauron can feel where his yes. ring is, right? Yes. There's, a, there's, a, there's a symbiosis, not a symbiosis, but a, a connection, yeah. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, the way they get to the quantum realm, slight spoiler, is a signal that was picked up huh. in the quantum realm. And via that signal, the person who picked it up was able to draw them into that universe. Interesting. Interesting. So we have all of these. Again, that wasn't a throwaway line when they said it's going yeah, off. Uh, right. In Shang-Chi's movie. Right. And now we have, oh, wow, you're building something that's giving off a signal to the quantum realm? Stop. <laughs> Don't do it. But the signal well, has been sent. Well, I'm I'm glad you are here to pick up on these signals and to help clue us in <laughs> to uh, this is exactly the purpose of this podcast is to help give us those key clues so that when we're putting all of these things in context in relation to each other, we understand the bridges and the interconnectivities uh, between the characters and stuff. So definitely, definitely. Um, that's something to take to take in, into consideration. Cool. Definitely. When are we going to see Chang-Chi uh, next? We don't know. We don't know. They, have, hmm. they, haven't, um, they haven't said anything about his next appearance in the MCU. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, fingers crossed that he's not going to be too, too far down the road. The next character is Kate Bishop, uh-huh. who was introduced in the Hawkeye series that was on Disney+. Plus. Right. She was the, the young ingenue that uh, um, Hawkeye, yeah, that, that, she, that trained with Hawkeye, sort of. Exactly. That was of that, just quickly, just that, 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 um, that class of uh, first round MCU TV shows, Loki and Hawkeye, I think, were the ones that I enjoyed the most. And the Hawkeye romp was a romp. It was a fun Christmas time goofball kind of storyline. And he's trying, you know, the whole thing of him trying to get back home and all that kind of stuff. I just felt like, uh, I mean, there were some, uh, there were, I could nitpick here and there, but, but in, at least tonality, I, that was one of the ones I think I enjoyed it even more just on the entertainment level, even more than uh, Loki. And Loki was just like, Whoa, this is some weird, there's some weird stuff going on here. I got to try to keep up with it. (laughs) But um, Kate Bishop, and uh, I believe we have Echo in there as well. Yes, we do. Um, Those were both characters and actor portrayals. And then that television show tonality, I just felt, um, uh, I got a lot of entertainment value from it. I I, I really enjoyed that Hawkeye series. I thought Mm -hmm. it was really fun. It was really cool. And... You know, it was really cool to see the mantle pass mm-hmm. um, because that's what e- essentially that was setting up is for her to become the Hawkeye, the Hawkeye, right? And the MCU. And that uh, just just quickly to highlight that that's one of our big meta themes that we're going to talk about towards the end of the podcast is this whole turning over, changing of the guard uh, type of stuff that's happening. Yes, yes, and that was definitely one of those moments. Right. Um, so she has no superpowers except that she's a great shot. <laughs> she's got moxie she, she, yeah she's, she's got, got moxie monkey. and she's got a bow and arrow and yep. she'll take you out from a very far <laughs> far distance <laughs> so that's her superpower and 
you hope to see her, you know, become more of a badass fighter as well, um, because she can kick some ass in, in, in the comic books. But, um, yeah, it was really great to see. Um, and they even had, they even had the, the Black Widow in that story as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Do we have an indication when we're going to see Kate again? Don't know. Um, they haven't announced anything yet. Uh, so we'll see. The only thing that they did announce, they did announce a Echo series. Uh-huh. Um, and Echo, in the comic book, she's a mutant who has the ability to make anything that you do. She just sees it and she mm-hmm. can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's very hard to defeat in that way. Um, so, yeah, she's going to be in her own series. Right. In this series, is she a mutant or is she... Because they, they, um, it's a deaf character in the television show. That remains to be seen. Okay. They haven't announced it, but I'm of the, the mindset that she will be. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, because there's really no reason that she shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. There's, there's, there's really no reason that she shouldn't be, especially if you've introduced the concept with Namor, with Kamala Khan. Um there's really no reason that she shouldn't be um, placed as a mutant as well. Okay. And she's getting her own television series. Right. And that was one of the ones that's possibly, we were expecting it this year, this year but we don't know at this stage. Right. Okay. Um, the next person we'll talk about is She-Hulk. Okay. Um, who is the cousin of Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Right. Um, and like the Hulk, she's a Hulk. <laughs> she was given a transfusion in the comic books by Banner, but in the MCU, they got into a car accident and some of his blood got into her, into her body via cut, and then she became a Hulk. And she's a smart Hulk from the get-go. She's not oh, yeah. a mindless yeah. monster no. like Bruce Banner was when he first well, hulked out. When we first introduced to Bruce Banner Hulk, he was mindless, like you just said. She's not. Right. She's an attorney at law since she practices as the She-Hulk at times, <laughs> right? So she walks into the courtroom eight feet tall, uh, wearing heels, looking completely like a knockout. And, <laughs> and not only is she good at the law, but she if you try to do anything funny in that courtroom, forget about it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it's not going down. Um, so she's really, um, she's a great character. She's one of the... If not the first, I think she was the first character to break the fourth wall in the yes. comic books. Um, and they do some, they do a lot of that in the, in the TV show. The TV did you, show is really, did you watch the whole TV show? I, I watched it. Okay. I, 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 I think I saw the first couple of episodes and then life got in the way and I, I haven't got back around to it, but yeah, um, I remember totally people. Yeah. I remember people at the end of the series going, talking about the, the breaking of the fourth wall and um, yes. people really liked the, Somewhat tongue-in-cheek um, attitude that the show had in in a lot of ways. Uh, so I think, so. I think cool. it was. I think it was a really different show mm-hmm. um, than we've seen from Marvel. Um, it was more sitcommy than anything that they've that they've done. Um, it hit some you know important issues as well. Don't get me wrong, but they did it in a in a very different way from what we've seen them do. And I I, I kind of liked it. I thought it was okay. Cool. cool. The next character that we'll talk about quickly is Scar. Okay. Who was introduced in the very last episode of She-Hulk. Um, this is the son of the Hulk. The son of who? Of Hulk. Oh. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> so in the She-Hulk television series, um, Hulk had to go back to Sakaar. He was summoned back to Sakaar to help out with something. So he disappeared from the show until the last episode. All right. He came back. He came back with his son, who's a teenager and who's a Hulk, apparently. Crazy. This is going to be some interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and what could go wrong with that? He's 15 years old and he's a Hulk. Uh-huh. It's going to be some exciting times. It's going to be some exciting times ahead. Right. Um, the last person that we want to really talk about is Cassie Lang. Yeah. Who is, who is Scott's daughter. From the Ant-Man movie. From Ant-Man and the right. Wasp. Right. Um, and she's a superhero, just like her dad. And just like her dad, she can grow. Mm-hmm. She can get really big, gigantic. She has her own suit with pin particles. Um, and that's her power set. She's going to be important as well because she's friends with Kamala Khan. She's okay. friends with Rivi and um, okay. friends with Kate Bishop. Okay. So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's see? a perfect segue into one of the major themes that we're dealing with, which is this pa- passing of the mantle. So not only do we have this passing of the generational torch from the Avengers who are, and I can say this because I'm old, but old and broken. Some of them aren't with us anymore. Um, It's hard to be a superhero when you get past a certain point. Your body just doesn't work the same way, you know, whether you're, you know, human or not. And obviously some of our our Avengers are off and around. But I mean, the experience of fighting Thanos and dealing with the snap broke them, not only physically, but psychologically in many ways and broke apart that, that thing. So now we've got this next crop of superheroes that are coming up. And so we're not only dealing with storylines of passing the torch from one generation to the next, but with this new generation coming up, they're young. They're coming into their powers. They're discovering their powers. They're unsure of what having powers means. And if I do this thing that devastates a whole city block, whoa, like I was trying to do good, but then I caused a whole bunch of other problems. So a lot of Zakovia um related type stuff and um what was it? I, b- I believe it was in Lagos where they blew up that building in um one yes. of the Avenger movies you know so like there's a lot of ramifications to having power uh and of course we have the the oft quoted you know with great power comes great responsibility all of that kind of stuff but i think it's more than that because here you have young people who are struggling with not only developing their own identity but having their own identity as superheroes and that adds a lot of pressure and stress that um, uh, is going to have impacts and is going to uh, uh, shape and affect their development as as people. Absolutely, and I think that's you know not just for the for the young characters as well, because I'm interested to see not only the people that we just spoke about how they turn out, what they become, mm-hmm. how they become who they're meant to be, mm-hmm. the struggles that they go through like you said, finding themselves as they're growing up with these incredible powers and incredible responsibility. Um, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. But also the people who are teaching them, right? Those mantles are being passed, have been passed down as well. Mm. What is Sam Wilson going to be going forward? Mm-hmm. He's Captain America. What does that mean for him? Right. What does that mean for us? Mm. You know, to have a uh, black Captain America, mm-hmm. you know, hold the shield. What does that mean in how he is going to 
be a leader, not only to the contemporaries that he has, but for also the kids that he's going to eventually have to come into contact with mm-hmm. and, and try to tell them, you know, how to be who they're supposed to be, because that's what Cap was, mm-hmm. right, in the MCU. Cap was Steve Rogers, was the moral voice, right? Mm-hmm. Is Sam going to be that moral voice? Is he going to be the person that everyone looks to and say, man, we got to be more like him? Mm-hmm. Because that's what all the Avengers wanted to do. They wanted to be like Cap. They wanted right. his respect. Because Cap had a kind of selflessness. He yes. was about service. He was about... Yes. It's bigger than you or... America. Me. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so... Does Sam follow in those footsteps? Right. And what does it mean for him to follow in those footsteps, but also follow in those footsteps as a black man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a dynamic that, you know, has played out in the comic books. And they did a great job of storytelling, and they continue to do a great job of storytelling, um, because both Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson in the comic books right now are, are known as Captain America. Right, mm-hmm. they're sharing the mantle. How does that work in the MCU, though? That's a question that I have um, with the passing of the torch, right? Because I don't think there's a bigger torch that's been passed, right? That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think this is the biggest one. Interesting. Yeah, because because yeah, you're right. Captain America for the Avengers and all that they were dealing with was really the the tree trunk that was holding them all together. You know, absolutely. And and. You know, it's like, okay, you got a super suit and you're really super smart or you're big and green and you can punch um, and smash and you've got a hammer and you can fly around and call lightning. But those are all sort of externalizing forces, things that you can use to fight against an external foe. But every time that there was internal dissension and internal disagreement and, and strife about are we doing, are we, what we are doing, is it right, is it wrong? How, what, what effect are our powers having? It always came back to Cap as the adjudicator and as the person who was routing all of that emotional energy as well as sort of dealing with the moral harms of things. Yeah, he really was the moral conscious of the, of the Avengers. I never was. really thought of it that way before. That's really cool. I think that's one of the biggest, um, you know, changes that's occurring in the MCU currently. And I really want to see where they go with it. Sure. Um, and like you said, for all these other characters, these new characters, these young characters, how they become who they're meant to be, it's going to be fascinating storytelling. Right. You know, the, the options that they have are really limitless. Um, we all, you know, if you're of age and can remember to the time where you were, you know, 14, 15, 16, not yet 20, life was... Pretty hectic right. in, dif- yeah. in different ways, mm-hmm. you know, not to say that as you grow and become an adult, life isn't hectic, but imagine being in your last year of high school, first year of college, and you have to, you know, drop everything and go fight a multiversal <laughs> war. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, what are we talking about here? And yeah. not to even mention, you know. Spider-Man Peter Parker is still in this universe, right? Right, yep, yep. He just graduated high school. Right. His friends just went off to college. And he was in space, right? Like, yeah. you know, he, he was there with 
you know, um, dealing with like space sorcerers and, you know, like yes. it, was, it was wild what he did. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you process that as a kid? Um, when you're, st- when your brain is still developing, right? right. You know, your, right. your frontal lobes are still developing and getting connected up to everything else. So I think the, the storytelling that, that can be had, that can be told, it's going to be really interesting. And the first stab that we'll get at it is with, the Marvels, right? Well, in that movie yeah. where, you know, um, Kamala is going to be with uh, Captain Marvel and with Monica Rambeau, both who are, Monica Rambeau is new to her powers as well. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic as well, because here we have Kamala Khan, who's new to her power set, who's new to this whole superhero um, business, who's a teenager. And we also have Monica Rambo, who's also new to her power set in the superhero business, who's an adult, a grown woman. What are they going to be like right. when they find each other? Right. How are they going to relate or not relate to each other? Right. Both are women of color. Mm-hmm. How, does, how does that relate to how they view the world and how they view what they're supposed to do in the world? Mm-hmm. Is that different from Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. You know, is that different from how... Uh, soldier who went and fought uh, in space mm-hmm. who came back and was recruited into this super secret you know type of organization and who's always looking for the next order to go and do something of import mm-hmm. is that going to be interesting to mm-hmm. watch on screen those the dynamics of those three people right um i think yes it will be it can be um so I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how Riri becomes who she's supposed to become. She's in college. She just fought Atlantis. She just fought right. Tal- I almost said Atlanteans. <laughs> right. I almost said it. I almost said it, but I didn't say it. She just fought people who breathe underwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. With, with a, 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 a man who has wings on his ankles and can fly Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know how does that what does she do when she goes back to school (laughs) right right yeah how do you how do you how do you process that you acclimate yeah how do do you even think about acclimating yeah you know me personally i probably would have dropped out (laughs) you know i I mean come back i would have come back from wakanda and i would have dropped out wasn't that iron man three where we were dealing with um sort of the ptsd of um of um being uh uh tony stark i think it was three wasn't it or was it two yeah it might have been three three. yeah might have been three so these are the questions that i have and and also, you know, when we spoke about Shang-Chi, you know, it's his father that he got the rings from. Right. His father, who, who was, you know, hell-bent on unleashing this thing that could have destroyed the world, and he had to stop his dad from doing so. Right. All right, John, let's take a, another quick break, and then when we come back, we can talk about um, some of these other themes that we want to touch base on before we get into the end of the podcast. All right, so we'll be right back. All right, Jean, and we are back, and we want to keep 
talking about some of these broader contexts for what we're seeing in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We just talked a bunch about the handing of the torch between the generations of superheroes, how young people are, are going to have to be dealing with their new, in some cases, newfound powers. Um, and there is still yet more going on in a larger context, things around magic and the supernatural and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So what have you got for us there to look out for with these more, um, you know, the weave that is creating this, this, this fabric of, of stories that we're telling, these, these deeper themes? Well, the, thing, the first thing I want to say is, is we don't need space stones to affect the universe in a grand way. Uh-huh. That's the way Thanos was able to do what he did. Mm -hmm. He was searching for the power that he didn't have in order to affect the universe in ways that he wanted to. Okay. We have all sorts of beings who need to look outside of themselves to do what they want to do on a large and grand scale. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about the Eternals, um, but we met the c Celestials. Right. Right. In the movie, The Eternals. These are overpowered super beings who basically birth galaxies, right? They make suns and they seed life and they do the things that Thanos wanted to do but couldn't only do if he had the gauntlet. Right. We're dealing with a whole other set of power that we have not been exposed to prior to in the MCU. Okay. In Thor, we met the personification of the universe and eternity mm -hmm. um they showed us versions not the actual persons but they showed us that the embodiment of death the living tribunal which is probably the second most powerful um force in the universe exists interesting and that gets into almost metaphysics and supernatural type of stuff it does. It does. And magic. I mean, like, it's like, it's, there's the, there's the off quoted quote of like anything that is of sufficient, ad sufficiently advanced technology, it might as well just be magic to you or I, right? That's, that's a fact. And that's what Thor said in his first movie, right? You mm -hmm. think it's magic, but for us, it's just science. Right. right. Yeah. You think our science is magic, uh, vice versa. So we have, Things that we consider magic, you know, what do they call the Sorcerer Supreme a Sorcerer Supreme for? <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Because there's no explanation for the things that Sorcerer Supremes can do. So we have these concepts of good magic and bad magic that we've been um, shown in WandaVision. Um, you have Agatha Harkness who wields black dark magic um i don't like to say black magic but dark magic mm -hmm, um right. and we have you know dr strange who you know is on the side of good and wields his magical powers to try to protect people mm -hmm. and we have scarlet witch who we don't know where she falls we don't know which side of the aisle she's going to fall on eventually she was evil in the last one that we saw her in in multiverse of madness but doesn't mean that the next time we see Scarlet Witch, which we will see Scarlet Witch next time, um, that she's going to be the same same way. Mm -hmm. 
We've been introduced to supernatural beings. If you haven't seen Werewolf at Night on Disney+, Plus, you should give it a watch. It's really cool. They introduced us to werewolves and monsters and monster hunters. That's, you know, I don't know what else you, <laughs> you want to get from the MCU because they're giving you everything that you could possibly want. Um, they're giving you time travel. We're getting, you know, space travel, the cosmic. Um, and we're getting werewolves. And we know that we're getting Blade, a vampire hunter. Right, right. So, now, isn't so that Mar- uh, Marshall Ali is going to be playing that? Yes. Like, yes. what a what a trip to be walking in the footsteps of uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, oh, absolutely. Iconic character. Yeah, right? and that's so long ago that that, the, that movie first came out. And uh, to bring that back, wow. 98. So it's really something great to see um, that they're just not keeping it to the realm of possible. Mm -hmm. They're expanding what can be possible. Mm -hmm. They're giving you things that we never could imagine being real, right? But this is comic book stuff, man. This is, you know, Marvel's telling cosmic stories. Mm -hmm. We're getting space travel. We're getting aliens. We're getting scrolls. Who are trying to right you know, secret invasion man Earth. fingers crossed for that show <laughs> yes 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 um, so there are so many you know things that are being worked we had technology with Iron Man mm-hmm. right how human beings can overcome their own limitations using the power of their right. brain right? right right the supernatural we have the cosmic. Mm-hmm. And we have the magical. And then we have someone who, in the villain of the day, we have someone who doesn't care about any of that stuff. Right. Because he's seen it all. Mm-hmm. And he's probably done it all. Mm-hmm. And he's conquered it all. <laughs> right? So, so what, yeah, uh, yeah. What do, you, what do you do with that storyline then? <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you going to defeat this guy, this guy. So that was my sort of follow-on comment here was going to be, and I touched on this earlier, is the studio has a massive challenge in front of it. How are they going to tell these stories? How are they going to tell these stories in a compelling way? How are these, they're going to tell these stories that uh, continue to support the box office, right? Like they're a business, you know, their their Marvel Studios is still part of the mouse, and you know that those are corporate businesses. Um, so you have that pressure as well. So it's a really tough line that Feige and the rest of the the team at Marvel Studios are going to have to walk because these are are really big concepts and thoughts that don't fall neatly into traditional storytelling um, uh, packages. Absolutely. If we just think about it, every movie, every TV show is not going to be a 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. What you want is to get something out of each one of those things. Right. Each series, each movie, you want it to lead you down the path. Now, you may not enjoy all of it, and that's fine. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think what they're actually doing is commendable because they are piecing and weaving together a story that people 
might think they know, but we really don't. Okay. Marvel Studios knows where this goes. Okay. They know how it's going to link. Okay. They know what's going to link. They know what's not going to link. They know what's going to be canon, what's not going to be canon. They know all, everything that they're doing is already plotted out. Okay. For us as the viewer, we just have to believe that. <laughs> that right. it's not just something that's being thrown at the bulletin board and saying and hoping that it sticks. Right, right. I don't think that's how they're operating. Okay. So, yeah, these are really big concepts. And it doesn't mean that they can't, right, fail on an individual basis. Exactly. Exactly. I think, you know, we're, we're just starting Mandalorian right now, and there's a lot of chatter in the spaces on our Discord and, and in other spaces where people are like, uh, I, I'm having problems uh, uh, rectifying what happened in Book of Boba Fett relative to Mando. It's like, well, maybe they just effed up a little bit in Book of Boba Fett, and they're trying to right. fix and clean it up. Right. So, right. hey, right. our bad, you know. And of course, they're not going to say that in a corporate speak kind of way. They'll 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 kind of make some maybe soft statements or work around it a little bit. But you can be playing with huge concepts that are really meaningful and deep, and and really interesting storytelling processes, and you can eff it up, and it's a, a marker of. Uh, just like in life, right? It's not how you, it's not that you messed up. It's how you pick yourself up again, how you relate to it and how can you, you know, keep telling the story? Can you keep moving forward? Can you, right. you know, can you fix anything that's broken? Can you repair a relationship and, and move forward with your life or move forward with your, you know, your storytelling uh, if, if we're talking in, in, in those grand schemes. So yeah, I think like with Book of Boba Fett, they effed up a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. You know, in Quantum, you know, and again, I haven't seen Quantum Mania yet, but, you know, maybe they effed up a little bit, you know? That right. doesn't mean that they're, they shouldn't stop trying. doesn't mean that you're, everything that they do, you're going to relate to. Right. You may not like the supernatural. Mm -hmm. You may not want to see werewolves and vampires. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Right? Right. If, you, if, you, if you're digging and, and wanting this story that they're telling, this multiverse saga that they're giving you, then you will find that. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be space for other types of stories to fit into that. And you may not want to see all of it. And that's right. okay. That's all right. Yeah, we got Guardians of the Galaxy coming up. That'll be a nice space shoot 'em up style thing, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes. And on the heels of Guardians, we have, you know, the Mar Miss Marvels, the Marvels. Mm -hmm. You know that movie, which is also going to be space bound um, in ways. So, yeah. and we've got uh, Secret Invasion, which is going to be spy drama thriller type stuff and political intrigue. Only um, with heroes that can shapeshift. Yeah, right? <laughs> I am really hoping. I'm really fingers crossed that um, Secret Invasion will kind of scratch that Andor like itch for mm. the MCU world. Mm. I mean, the trailers are looking hot. Um, yes. and yes. you know, but we know trailers are, are, that's the purpose of a trailer. Is look to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I know that you and I have been talking about, it. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to cover secret invasion in full episode by episode, but we're definitely going to be talking about it one way or another when it comes out. Once it comes out. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And again, this is the, the, the thing that I want to you know, I hop on it and I and I say it all the time. Okay, you may not you you may not dig everything that they throw at you. Right, and and That's it's okay. okay. Yeah, and it's okay. Be cool with it. All right, 
Well, that's a good note to end on. Uh, Jean, thanks very much for the conversation today. I'm really glad we were able to get this back on track, and I'm, I'm looking forward to covering some more Marvel stuff. We've got uh, some, like we said, some cool properties coming, coming down the pipeline. Yeah, this was fun, as always, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time. Sounds good. All right, so in this uh, section here, what, one of the things that we always like to do, you know, we talked about before, we've got a, a Patreon and we always like to acknowledge and thank our our patrons of um, every membership level. Um, your support makes it possible for us to be able to do these, not only uh, materially but also psychologically. It's it's really great to get the subscription notifications and the messages from from patrons when they have a chuckle or a laugh or they enjoyed something that we did. It really keeps us energized. It keeps our the wind in our sails. So to all our patrons, thank you. Uh, to our lore master patrons, which are our highest tier, uh, we always like to give a shout out. And at the time of this recording, which I'm not sure when we're going to release this exactly, anyway, at the time of recording, we have 14 lore masters, which is the $10 wow. tier. And it's like, blows my mind every time. Um, amazing. It is really amazing. So to our 14 lore masters, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Peter O., Michelle E., Michael G., David W., Brian P, Nick W, SC, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, and Lavinia T. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing support. It means the world to us. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. All right. Um, programming notes. This is, we're in the middle of March here or at the start of March. Uh, you know, this podcast may drop sometime in the middle to late March. So it's hard to give you specifics about what's, you know, when certain podcasts are, are happening. But here's just a, a broad roundup of what's going on. We're finishing up on The Last of Us on HBO. It's been an amazing season so far. We're going to do a season wrap-up podcast that should drop on the 21st of March. So if you have feedback for the series, hit us up at The Last of Us, T-L-O-U at thelorehounds.com. Uh, we've also started Mandalorian Season 3. Episodes should be dropping on Thursdays for the eight-episode run, so join us for that. We're also going to cover Ted Lasso. That is going to be an interesting thing. We've never really covered a comedy before, uh, so we're not sure exactly what our format is, but uh, episodes for that should drop either on Fridays or Saturdays as we go. And it's a long run. It's like, what is it, 12 or 15 episodes? It's not short, but we're excited because it looks like it's going to be a really fun episode. Uh, I'm sorry, fun season as well. So those are the current shows that we've got going on. Special projects-wise, we are just about to drop our first uh, Earthsea Book Nook series with Marilyn Arpaquila, our favorite Tolkien scholar. This is a book written by a woman named Ursula K. Le Guin. Um, she is, has huge impact on the fantasy literature genre and, and literature in general. And we're going to be doing a monthly book nook series where we're going to cover each of the four books of the Earthsea series, uh, one a month. So if that hasn't already dropped, it will be just dropping. Look for that. We're really excited about it. Silmarillion Stories is continuing. The end of March, we're going to be, John and I are going to be talking about the coming of the elves and the captivity of Melkor. I just read my chapter today. It's a very cool chapter, and we're going to get into it, and that should drop sometime the last week of March. New, new, new project, The Lorehounds Play. We're going to be, uh, John is teaming up with our buddy Brandon the Bard. 
and they're going to be doing video game related stuff. So they're going to talk about video games, they're going to critique and review and kind of do breakdowns like we do with our regular television shows. So that is a really cool new addition. And I'm not sure when those are going to drop, but be on the lookout. We will let you know when that is ready to go. Lastly, uh, we just did a guest spot with Meester Anthony on his continuing read-along with the uh, Game of Thrones series books, the Song of Ice and Fire series. That's over on the Bald Move Hot D feed. We just did a uh, chapter with him about Theon. He invited us back. And we're going to be doing a, a chapter on Arya, and that should drop sometime in April. We'll keep you posted. And we've invited Maester Anthony over to be on Silmarillion Stories, and that will be coming up, I believe, in June is when Maester Anthony is going to be joining us. Other than that, whew, March is a crazy month. We have a lot of content coming out. Wow. So, you know, <laughs> keep, keep posted. Um, again, if you, if you feel so inclined, please join us on the Patreon. Uh, we have a Discord server. We have a nice little community. People are chatting about stuff over there. Link in the show notes below. For feedback for this show, remember mcu at thelorehounds.com or just head over to our website and um, use the contact form or, or leave us a voicemail. Jean, in terms of MCU universe stuff, what uh, properties are coming at us? What, what are the next TV and movies that we should be keeping an eye out for? So like we said, um, Secret Invasion. Yep. No date for that yet, right? We're no date waiting. for that. Okay. Um, if you're into the animated um, stuff, the What If series, um, after that, it's Guardians. After Guardians, mm-hmm. is Guardians is the movie, Guardians 3. Um, after Guardians 3, we get the Marvels, hopefully. And towards the end of the year, with hoping for Loki. Okay. Season 2. Okay. And... Maybe some echo. All right. All right. So, and we'll uh, we'll keep putting the MC Universe podcasts out as we can. If uh, we're able to, we might do some more deeper coverage of Secret Invasion. We might even do some uh, actual movie reviews in the future. Um, so that might be fun. That sounds so, fun. Yeah. yeah, it does. So, you know, stick around. If, you, if you're digging the content, let us know. Give us some feedback. But otherwise... Thank you all for uh, checking out this podcast. Jean, thank you, as always, for being my partner with this. Thank you, David, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope to hear from you guys soon. We'll see you next time. The Lorehounds Podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told. 
following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.